Hi, Chels. Hey, Claire. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I, uh, <laughs> I woke up and showered and put on makeup today. I'm so proud of you. I, <laughs> there's a level of alertness in my camera right now that I don't recognize in myself. <laughs> I'm, you know, hey, I'm, I'm proud of you. Little steps. I got up and I called you and I made you watch while I took my vitamins. So <laughs> we're, we're moving <laughs> Accountability. Forward. It's like we're adapting to 2020. A little bit late, but it works. <laughs> now in mid-December. <laughs> we're finally getting the hang of this year. Speaking of vitamins, like, I had a wicked big craving for, like, Flintstones vitamins the other day. I don't know what it was, but they just sounded really good. It was your body saying, hey, we need to get back to, like, doing good <laughs> things for ourselves. Get some Fred Flintstone in you. Not in a sexy way. <laughs> Seriously. Did you see that yeah. meme? Like The, the corona- Flintstones activating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Flintstones you took when you were 12. <laughs> yeah. and it's like Fred Flintstone in your body activating and punching viruses. <laughs> <laughs> all those handfuls and fistfuls of vitamins you took as a kid because he never ate just one like I would sneak them all day my mom would be like how are we out of vitamins already I'm like because they're candy yeah as a, ki- as a <laughs> they kid candy yeah not yeah. as a fully grown adult <laughs> no <Nope>. googling <laughs> on Cora saying hypothetically if someone got stoned <laughs> and ate an entire jar of gummy vitamins what would Hypothetically, happen? What would what happen? Would happen? <laughs> I didn't do that. I'm going to just go ahead and spoil it for everyone and tell you what happens when you get stoned <laughs> and eat an entire jar of gummies, gummy vitamins. You have very expensive urine is what happens. Oh, and okay. you'll, you'll probably get constipated for a little while, and that's it. So it's okay. It's just not cost-effective, if you know it's what I mean. It's not ideal. No. So <laughs> do it if you want. I'm not going to tell you not to. That's not what this show is about. What is this show about today? Well, it's about partnerships, Chelsea. And Mm. um, it's uh, how you should go into them, how you should maintain them, and how you should exit them. Maybe how to protect yourself in it. Yes, absolutely. Protect each other, really. I mean, you should look out for number one, but if you're taking on another person into your life, they're going to be as close to you as a spouse. So you should probably take them into account with your actions (laughs) as much as you do your own. Um, If you want a successful business, that is. Yeah, these are business partnerships. These aren't aren't romantic. Life partnerships. (laughs) Even though a lot of people tend to think that Claire and I are um, in a romantic partnership. We're life partners. I think it, I mean, I find it very romantic. I mean, I... I, I, Claire romances the fuck out of me with noodles and meat. And, yep. And, uh, Hanukkah sets that you have no room for in that's your house right. anymore. We have every year. Happy she, first day of Hanukkah, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We cannot find our menorah. <laughs> oh, no. 
So anything can be a menorah if you want it to be. That's not true. It's not, not true. true. It's not true. Don't <laughs> <laughs> Gentile wisdom droplets. <laughs> so no, Claire and I are not romantic partners. We have been we have been business partners with each other. And yes. we have, have had uh, many other business partnerships as well. Um, all of those before we were business partners with each other. Yes. Um, and I think we both went into our partnership knowing exactly why we didn't want to have a partnership <laughs> and then realizing, oh, we're both broken, so we know how not to break it. <laughs> <laughs> or we can find out a new way together, which is why <laughs> at the onset of the business partnership and Clara will get into how and why that happened. But we decided right off the bat, um, after having owned and running, run many businesses ourselves, what are we going to prioritize here? If it comes down to us as a friendship or the business, what, what are we going to let go? And we knew immediately, no doubt that if there were issues that we couldn't resolve within the business between us, then the business would go away and we would stay friends because that was what was the most important to us. That's not going to be the case for everybody. Some people will go into business with each other and not be friends at all. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. We don't have all the answers, but what we can do is share our experiences and tips and advice with you today about what we know about partnerships. Yes. Uh, Hey, before we get into that, I had some excellent feedback on our last episode um, about toxic work environments and a lot of people um, really resonating with the story, like their experiences. Um, and one of those people sent me a how to decode job postings um, (laughs) page that made me laugh really hard because I figured, um, you would, (laughs) you would laugh at this. And so I purposely didn't send it to you. The amount of content I don't send you day to day and just like put in a folder to talk to you on the, this, our podcast is, it kills me. I'm like, Oh, I really want to send that to Chelsea or, Oh, I can't post that on my social media because Chelsea will see it. Dang it. (laughs) But this one, um, is pretty cool. So when you, uh, when you see a job posting and you see the term fast paced, what do you think of? Um, fast paced to me, uh, either means like unsustainable growth like they're in just this boom or like a, you know, like a startup, which also can translate to like understaffed and yes. having way more yep. responsibilities on your plate than you were actually hired for. Exactly. Understaffed and over, uh, stretched. Um, how about entrepreneurial, I can never say that word, <laughs> God damn it. entrepreneurial environment slash startup culture. Um, so the thing that immediately comes to mind when I think of that is, um, like beer on tap, (laughs) uh, kombucha or whatever. I mean, I think a lot of things about that's the first thing that comes to mind, which reminds me, Claire, I really want to do a podcast on drinking culture at work. Yes. So Uh, that seems to be something. Yeah. I'm marking it down because that is something that I've encountered a lot too. And it's, bananas yeah so um but entrepreneurial um, environment so like there's like beer on tap maybe a foosball table but also like you know I don't know that that's what comes to mind (laughs) so for this they had leadership can't make decisions so figure it out for yourself (laughs) (laughs) that okay I can see that I can see that I'll go with both translations I will too I think that yours brings in a little bit of new insight so um what about unlimited PTO 
which is paid time off for all people out there um, in the restaurant industry who have never heard of that. <laughs> okay, I have to break this one down a little bit. Um, it depends on where you see that in a listing. If you see that like in a Craigslist ad <laughs> for a job, I, <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's a scam. If I see it yes. like on Indeed or um, Glassdoor or LinkedIn with like a link to a credible larger business, then I would believe it. Now, I know that there is a a cultural pressure around like it being written down that you can take PTO and then like this whole environment of kind of shaming people or feeling bad for taking it. I know that's a very, yes. very real thing that we need to talk about. But I worked for a company that actually pioneered the unlimited PTO and I had a very positive experience with it. So I I will say that it can go both ways. But if this is a joke article where we're translating job postings, I would say um, don't ever take any time off or you're, we're going to silently shame you for it. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. Good job. All right. <laughs> uh, work hard, play hard. Oh. <laughs> um, work hard, play hard is... Uh, this means that if you work for us, you're going to work your fucking ass off and you're going to work more time than you're paid for. And then we're all going to go do things together like fucking marathons and shit that you didn't want to do to begin with. Oh, my God. Chelsea, <laughs> into this one. Okay, so it's you're going to work 60 hours a week, so you better squeeze what you can out of your time off. Also, the CEO is a triathlete. <laughs> No, how many how many bosses have you had that run marathons like once a month, whether it's like a a jingle all the way bullshit, like beer and run 5K or like, hey, we're all going to do like the hood to coast where we're each Um, taking on 20 mile increments. Yeah, no, no shit. The very last job that I just, you know, that I got fired from, like at at the beginning of covid, it was that exact environment. I have to talk about this just a little bit, like this exact environment. So it was a development firm and. It, they literally put work hard, play hard in their job description. The CEO does run, is a triathlete, and like the whole like upper management team sans me because I just don't wanna. They're all like hardcore athletes. Plus, they were all like dudes in their thirties, right? They were yeah. all sports bro dudes in their thirties. They were all they would all like wear their alma mater sports team. Nike swag, like they gave um, Columbia Sportswear Nike shit away at Christmas with, you know, it's just like everything was like this. I was working for the same people who made fun of me in middle school and it you crushed know who else my soul. tracksuits? Russian mobsters? Colts. Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> you know what though? I want to get us, you and me and Kate, I want to get us matching velour track shoot suits for like. So we... we've had this conversation and you know I 100% support it. But that's because it's you, me, and Kate and we don't push each other to work 60 hours a week and wear matching clothes and um, talk about this next bullet point like a family. Um, oh <laughs> one of us, one of us. No. Um, we talked about that last episode. It's a toxic work environment. If they're like, we're yeah. like a family. We're like a family. That means we're going to emotionally manipulate you. And, and you know, I know that we always say business is personal because it is. Um, but you don't have to, like, go into it being so open about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to know everything. Just if, um, it, if, the, if the posting says we're like a family, just move on. Just move on. So uh, competitive salary. 
Mm. Competitive for who? Yeah. (laughs) For the employer or for you? Um, You should probably research what your market rate is and, like, come prepared to have a... a, I also think that they'll probably ask you how much you made before, which you really technically shouldn't do that, and you actually do not have to answer. Um, But that's what I see. Yeah, if somebody asks you how much you made, you can say, well, I don't really want to discuss that, but I would like to tell you how much I'd like to make at this job. <laughs> I don't even think you would, you <laughs> should say that. I mean, if someone's like, can I, most of the time if it's HR, they won't ask. Cause I think it's actually, it's not, it's not illegal, but it's not, it's frowned upon. I need to research. I need to yeah. figure out if that is legal or not to ask if an HR person can ask a prospective employee how much they made before. I, I'm going to write it down right now in red so that I don't forget. Um, we have homework. Well, to answer it, it's um, do your research because we're going to lowball you. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> um, highly visible role. Um, we, you're going to be customer or business to business facing, so be pretty or good looking. Ooh, that's that took a turn that I wasn't expecting, but it's totally on point. Um, with this, it says your manager won't back you up. They'll like put you out there and then not have your back. But I think that's very important to go over. And maybe we should talk about this in the future, along with beer culture and everything else, is the fact that there is this unspoken code of how you have to look as a woman professionally. And you should always be professional. But like the amount of makeup you wear or the, the height of your heel or whether you're wearing a skirt or slacks, these are things that aren't, you know, really <laughs> put on men at all. And so I think I'd like to dive into that a little bit more, but we'll get to the last one. We're looking for a rock star. Oh God. We're looking for someone who has no life, who will dedicate all of it to, to work. We're, we're looking for a workaholic. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) And with that, Chelsea, you have won our small, um, uh, contest with no prizes. (laughs) Yay. I win capitalism. (laughs) I win more work. (laughs) <laughs> hooray <laughs> oh that reminds me of that meme that i saw that was like there's no reason for anyone to be a billionaire there's just no reason after like so many millions of dollars you get a statue and a park that says i won capitalism the end <laughs> uh and we could get into how philanthropy is just money laundering for uh millionaires but anyways we will uh just take a nice sharp right turn into where we were supposed to go with this episode, which is partnerships. Partnerships. <laughs> partnerships. So um, we were partners for a couple years um, and it kind of ended when I moved away and um, we were also kind of veering toward like you were getting your master's and going in a, um, a different direction and I, we were looking at moving. So it just kind of, um, I wouldn't say it fizzled out. It was just kind of like, you know what? We've done a really good job on this and let's Mm -hmm. end things while we're not while we're ahead, but while we really enjoy it and we can pick it up again if we want to later on down the road. Um, I felt like we went into it knowing that both of us, um, change interests often. We get bored easily And both of us um, are pretty good at recognizing when a job is done. 
right? Yeah. Um, and we didn't have a lot of interest on the onset of our partnership. To clarify for everybody listening, Claire and I owned, managed, ran a small business consultancy, and we provided services for small businesses, both for people wanting to start a small business and not knowing where to start, and also for small businesses that had stagnated in their growth or revenue and wanted help figuring out how to get out of their slumps, ruts, out of any sort of messes they might have made for themselves. And because Claire and I have fucked ourselves in so many ways, we, <laughs> we also totally learned have. ways to to work our way out of that and um, have learned to recognize red flags. And our entire goal of our business was not to make a lot of money, but literally to help other small businesses. And we accomplished that. So yeah, our lives were moving forward in a way that didn't make sense for us to keep trying to, to do it. And we knew at the very beginning that that's who we were as people and that our lives would change. And so there was going to be a point at some point in the future where we were going to dissolve the business. It was never going to be a forever thing. Yeah. So that made it easy for us to look at where our lives were. Claire, you were moving to the East Coast within a year I was moving forward with education and other job experiences. And before it was a panic or, you know, anything real pressure, we just was like, all right, it's time. And yeah. we were prepared for it. We had like protocols. <laughs> yeah. And I think that um, that kind of starts things off in the right direction as far as um, if you're looking to be in a partnership with another person, some of the, the main bullet points you want to look at are um, before you even go into it, think about whether or not you need a partnership for your business to begin with. Because I think mm -hmm. a lot of people feel that when they're starting something that could be on a massive scale, they have to bring someone on. And, um, you know, that's not always in your best interest. You can always hire out help, whether it's through accounting or marketing or um, investors as opposed to partners, which is a whole other, you know, thing. But um, I think it needs to be broken down and really carefully planned before you bring somebody into your life, because it really is bringing a whole additional human being into your day to day mm -hmm. um, that you have to be accountable to and that they have to be accountable to you. So um, and with that, like get to know your partner before you really go into business. Absolutely. Do not go into any sort of financial agreement, loan, anything, lease, anything with someone that you don't know very well. Just don't do it. If yeah. you need to be partners with somebody that you don't know very well for any reason, have separate agreements, take separate responsibilities. Okay. So one of you is on the lease. One of you is on the bank account. That's a terrible, you should always both be on your bank account yeah. for business. <laughs> I always. was going to say, you should both be on there. You need dual um, accountability. And, um, you know, even on a very basic level, before you even go into that, work with the person, see mm -hmm. how your work styles differ so that you can um, really uh, kind of divide up tasks that fit best into your wheelhouse. And I know it sounds paranoid, but do a background check. Like Google it is Just so Google important. <laughs> yeah. You'd be amazed what the internet has in store for you. But um, in all reality, 
most people won't give their weaknesses to you. Um, they won't talk about past experiences because it's in the past and that might affect your future. So it's worth it to look it up and have that conversation and communicate with each other on, um, okay, I found this thing. What happened? Let's talk it out. How are we going to change this in the future? And, um, it's a very basic thing communication wise. Um, but it needs to be done right up front. Yeah, so research your potential partner if you don't know them very well. There's lots of ways to do that. Um, check references as well. And um, <clears throat> seriously, though, guys, Google and trust your gut. Like, if you feel weird on the onset, like, especially if that other person is pushing you to be their partner for some reason, um, they need you for something, usually. Yes. Um, I've been in bad positions where, you know, I've been. Uh, I was very gullible and ended up in a partnership where I was totally financially fucked because I was the one with the credit and the cash and, um, it didn't go well. So, um, and Claire and I had been approached by people who wanted to partner with us that, you know, I didn't, I was like, something's not, something's not right here and did a quick Google search and oh, holy shit, you're a federal criminal. Okay. Well, (laughs) um, that won't be happening. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. (laughs) Yeah. And super basic search. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just crazy. Like, I think people assume that, um, a lot of times people won't do that very basic step because when you're charismatic or when you're friendly, you tend to break down defenses and, Mm -hmm. uh, you need to be unemotional with certain things and business relationships and partnerships are one of those things. I disagree. Um, I disagree with that. You well, you can bring emotions into your business as far mm-hmm. as like being able to um, to communicate and uh, show what your va- your morals and your values are through your business. But when it comes to like legal paperwork, everything you need to be oh, unemotional yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that was I don't think the you need to be unemotional. I, I just think that you just need to do it. You can feel however you want to feel about it. I just yeah. think you need to do it. Yeah. Just check. Okay. Next. So, um, once you have found somebody and they have found you and you, um, you love each other very much. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) once you have decided to go into business together and be partners, um, on the unemotional side of things, I guess, put on an unemotional lens. Don't be unemotional. There we go. That's, that's what I want to get at. Um, And start putting together a legal written partnership agreement. Most um, partnerships do not require this, but it's something that you should absolutely do because it breaks down what your life is going to look like if everything fails or if you Mm -hmm. disagree or if you agree or if somebody wants to leave and one person wants to stay, what profits look like? How are they divided? Like it gets everything in writing. Assets. You know, what are you bringing in? Like, what do you have with you before you became partners? Make sure, you know, sign a prenup before you get married business-wise. Yep. Um, Absolutely. I hate, I hate saying this because it feels really pessimistic, but having been in business for a long time, just go into it like you're marrying a gold digger, you know, like what, draw up your prenup and just think about what's life going to look like if we get divorced. Yeah. Um, and, and cover your ass. And I, that's what Claire means by don't be emotional about it. These are just things that you have to do to make sure that 
beyond a business when or if the business fails or you guys get fucked or whatever that you can move forward and have a life afterward yeah instead of having a really messy business divorce which can drag you in all of your personal life and people in your family and everybody down too this is a responsibility to yourself your partner and your the people in your life who support you as well we've seen businesses and partnerships dissolve go down that get so dirty and go and get dragged out because emotions do get pulled into it and a yeah. lot of them are vengeful like yeah i we've mean seen people go you after have personal attacks and you know yeah we watched a per- we watched a guy go after former business partners for three years and like you know he tried to get people around them to like lie about character witnessing and like forge documents and people will do these things people yep. lie people are mean yep. and and do not underestimate the power of of people making shit up because With, they do and they yeah. will which is why you really want to be thorough in vetting who you're going into business with. <laughs> Asking think of for references, of, <laughs> you yeah. know. Think of all of the ways that you can have these documents verified to have a notary witness them, you know, mm-hmm. so that it, you know, because we've seen people sign contracts and then say, hey, you can't do that to me. You signed a contract. And the other person is like, so sue me. And the other person has more resources and more money and a better lawyer. And so the other person just backs down and gets fucked because they don't feel like that contract is going to hold up in court. But if you pay the $15 to have a notary witness, you both sign this contract that will save you so much heartache in the long run. And you can go to small claims court or any court of law, have a notarized double signed contract and it's done. You know, that's it. The judge will look at it and be like, you are in breach of contract. The end. Yep. And it's also um, one of the great things that can be included in this partnership agreement is a board that helps make decisions when you two can't, like, agree. That's mm-hmm. one of the things my first um, business uh, business partners and I had. And honestly, it was the best um, business relationship outside of you and I, of course, um, that I had in the businesses that I started. And honestly, I think she got the short end of the stick because I was like (laughs) 21 years old and, uh, just an asshole as 20 somethings are. Um, (laughs) I worked really hard. I had a great work ethic. Um, I was talented in what I did, but I was really inconsiderate to the people around me. And, um, you know, you learn and you grow out of that. Um, and God dang, was she smart to set up the things the way she did, because it really helped us resolve conflict, um, super easily and made me realize when I was just being a dick. So, um, with, with board decisions, you select three people that aren't related to you that don't have a friendship, uh, with you per se. So that they're come an unbiased in. group. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it wouldn't be like a spouse or uh, a mother or father. It would be a third party. And when there's a disagreement, they basically vote for the best decision. And that way you have outside, um, people weighing in that don't have, uh, a stake in the decision essentially. So, um, that's something that I would recommend, especially if you're doing something in a business that has huge 
decisions to be made, whether it's splitting the business, opening a new one, um, how to divide profits, how to invest, and you can't make agreements, you know? Yeah. So, um, how about choosing, like, how about, um, looking for qualities that complement you? Actually, that was going to be the next thing. Determining the roles and responsibilities of each partner. Okay. Um, it's super important to find somebody that compliments you, but also adds something to the mix. And um, I feel we did pretty well with that. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty damn good. I'm going to say we were an example of that because yeah. um, our values align. You and I yes. value the same thing, but our tastes, our styles, and the experiences that we brought to the table were very different. Absolutely. Um, your background and your experience was so different from mine, but we, we both understood each other because we had both had very similar backgrounds. If that makes sense. In We'd had, we, we, we've been fucked the same. If you want to put it that way. I mean, in business. And also um, the same, but different in business. Yeah. We've been business <laughs> fucked the same, but different. I mean, we had had bad experiences with partnerships. Yep. We've had bad experiences with opening businesses, closing businesses. Um, we've had bad experiences with um, sexual harassment and, yep. uh, you know, we, we got together and with our um, therapy stories combined, we figured we could help another community avoid the pain that we experienced. And that's why we were yeah. a partnership. Also in terms of what we could provide service wise your background was in service industry you're and you were very well known and still are and highly respected for one being a very honest business person even when you fucked up and um, backing up a little (laughs) bit I think that that's important in a partnership I don't agree with getting into a partnership with someone you don't know very well and I specifically don't agree with getting into a partnership with someone who refuses to tell you where and how they fucked up before Yep. Um, someone who won't you have tell to you acknowledge those things. your mistakes. Yeah. They're going to fuck up again then. And Claire and I, you know, it's like when I met my husband, our first date was spent saying, this, these are all the ways I suck and that I'm crazy. Are you okay with that? <laughs> um, I mean, just get it all in the open air. <laughs> and it worked and we're happy and we're married and it's great. Um, and you, because it really, it was just uphill from there. Yeah. <laughs> and Claire and I were like, we were kind of in a in a in a spot of feeling sorry for ourselves when we started our business because well, we, if I could we, I yeah. remember I want to set the scene because this was one of my favorite like I guess meet cute business stories. We sat on my side porch with a bottle of rosé in the sun <laughs> and like hung out there for like 3 hours talking about all the bullshit and those some bitches <laughs> and like oh, you forget having- that date Claire started next door over tacos and we got drunk over tacos first. And then you were like, Hey, I just live next door. Do you want to come over and keep <laughs> drinking? <laughs> I got more rosé. <laughs> Let's get white girl whole... drunk on the back porch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, cause we had, um, we'd been friends before, but then we drifted apart and had those different experiences. Yep. And here we were back together, basically commiserating over all the ways that we had been fucked over all of the years that we'd been apart. And then we just kind of started taking that party on the road. We'd go to coffee shops in town and talk about it. And people would find us in those coffee shops and say like, Hey, I have a, I have a business question for you. 
we started having like these sort of little Lucy from Peanuts, the doctor is in. Oh my God, yeah. Phase. We should have made up a little wooden sign for it. Right? Because <laughs> when we were having coffee, it was just all of a sudden business advice hour. Yep. And at some point, like some of these services, requests, business things got so big that we turned to each other. We were like, we should probably start charging. Probably, yeah, we need to start <laughs> charging. We need to make this legit. We need to like make an honest business out of this. So we were really lucky in that people came to us and um, we, we did really well. But in the same breath of like, we should do this as a business was also like, we need to discuss our partnership and um, protocols for when it does dissolve. Yeah. And actually what you were just saying about like, we need to make a business out of this, this, that kind of goes with my next bullet point, which was aligning the partnership toward profit. Make sure you're on the same page in what your commitment is, what you're accountable for and measure your performance and outcomes. Um, so that you're, you're able to stay on the right track and understand your goals. Yeah, that's good. Um, so yeah, develop an exit strategy for each partner. Uh, mm. we did this pretty early on because again, it should be kind of outlined in your partnership agreement. If different scenarios pop up, if somebody wants out, if you want to buy the other person out, like what does that look like? Um, so with, I mean, I guess with us, do we want to give an example that's outside of ourselves? Uh, like our partnership. Okay, cool. I'm ready to jump in whenever we even have it for this podcast. Um, cause we're, we're recognized, we've recognized each other as partners in this podcast now. But uh, you throw any examples you have out there, and if you need another one, I'll jump in. Well, I'll use the first partnership, um, which is when when my first partner decided that she did not want to be in the business anymore. It was because she wanted to move on to other things. She was looking at starting a family, and um, she had gotten a job offer, and she's like, I think it's just time, and I found somebody who's interested in buying my share of the business. I was like, that sounds great. Um, so the person she brought in, I was able to talk with her and get to know her. Um, and I was wanting to start another business at that point too, that would complement the one that I had at that time. And so we went to our original partnership agreement where it outlined if one of us wants to sell our share, this is what we need to agree on. And, um, it was very easy to do. It was, um, it took some time because we had to go about it in the proper legal way, but, um, it was virtually flawless because, um, we had set the tone very early on and we were able to part on really friendly terms. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm still friends with her to this day. So, um, which I'm surprised by, because again, like I was just a jerk in my twenties. <laughs> So I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a jerk overall, but like, you're just, you're just careless. You know, you don't take into account other people's feelings. <laughs> it's just like, well, children are just super narcissistic and it takes longer for some people than others to realize, oh, I'm not actually the center of the world. Exactly. <laughs> Age matters in business. I don't care what yeah. anyone says. Age does matter. And you know what? On that note, I fucking hate all those most successful 30 under 30 shit it's like okay well show me how much their parents make and what they do then 
absolutely. It's nobody gets where they're at alone and you need to be able to acknowledge the people that helped you get there. And if you don't acknowledge them, then, um, I don't want to be in business with you. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, not fair. Values aren't there. This whole um, I am a rock, I'm an island bullshit. It's not real. Yeah. It doesn't nope. exist in business. You don't make a billion dollars by yourself. You don't make a million dollars by yourself. You yep. either underpay your employees or you do it as a team and you share the credit. That's just how I feel. Exactly. No, that's how I feel too. I think that's why we were uh, business partners. Maybe. Yeah, pretty good ones. <laughs> pretty good Hell ones. Hell yeah. Hetero <laughs> life mates, man. Heck Yeah. So um, if you guys aren't, uh, you know, buying each other out or bringing somebody else in, how do you dissolve your partnership? I think that's the, the last big one. Like for us, we had decided it was time we were moving on to other things. So we dissolved everything. But if it's not amicable, like how is that divided up? How do you take your clients or your profits or your assets and divide them amongst the two of you? Do you sell them off? What's, what's the protocol for that? So you really need to be able to outline that very well. Clients are tricky. I mean, um, I, I'm going to say a lot of the time it doesn't particularly work to split up clients and accounts. Yes. I think it's, um, um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go no, ahead it's okay. It's okay. We, um, when we were dissolving and we had, um, and we had a protocol for this, so we were ready. Um, we let our clients know in an email that we would be closing the business and we had suspected for a while and we waited about four months before we finally made the decision because all of our contracts were going to be up for renewal. So we didn't want to leave anybody hanging. And sometimes when things go bad, it didn't go bad for us, but if they do go bad, you do, you do need to be professional and not try to blow everything up right away. Because if you have clients, you have their businesses and their livelihoods on the line too. So you need to be mature about things, number one, and, and recognize that this is going to take time. If it's, ugly and not amicable and you have clients, the best thing to probably do is to dissolve the business because you have no idea how it's going to run without the other person. And chances are the reason you got into a partnership was because both of you had something to offer that would provide the best service overall for your client. Whereas only one half of that isn't going to do it. Yep. So, um, while we had clients contacting us separately, asking us to continue to take on their accounts, um, of course, Claire and I sat right across a giant desk from each other and we were like, hey, <laughs> so-and-so contacted me. And, and we knew that um, clients had favorites and it wasn't a secret because Claire was specialized in service industry things and I specialized more in legal matters and contracts and business and numbers and, um, uh, you know, planning and things like that. So we had basically new business owners wanting to start their business or work through plans contacting me. We had bar, restaurant owners contacting Claire and we just had to have a response to that that was like we really appreciate you this has nothing to do with you it's not your fault mommy and daddy are getting a divorce but we're going to stay friends yeah and um (laughs) you don't have to pick and we're not going to make you pick and also we don't want to so yeah um we're going to continue our personal relationships with you we're absolutely happy to and we're happy to like give you advice here and there as we can but we can just no longer do this as a business because we feel and believe that um 
we are much better as a team and we do the best and provide the most for you as a team. And we're not a team in this business anymore. So yes. um, we also provided recommendations for uh, other consultancies or people or services that could help them and help pick up the slack from where we were leaving off. But we didn't, other than contact contracts that we specifically terminated for many different reasons, um, we didn't like leave anybody hanging. There was, yeah, there was always an understanding that these contracts were going to end either annually or after six months. Yep. Um, and also as kind of a final thing on a dissolution, um, you should be okay with walking away with nothing because sometimes you end up spending so much more in legal fees than you would if you had just walked away and you don't want to be in over your head with debt when you leave a business, you want to be able to walk on and do something else. So be okay with walking away, I guess I should have in my second business relationship. And I didn't because I was too proud and I was too angry and uh, I ended up owing so much more money than I should have. I, I mean, it was, it was not good. And if I had just kind of, <laughs> if I had listened to more common sense uh, and put away my pride and my ego, it would have been a lot better situation for me, but I also wouldn't have learned a lot of really, really hard lessons and been able to give people this advice. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you went through it. So, you know, now, and Mm -hmm. you wanted to be that person in the business consultancy. You wanted to be the person where someone finally got brave enough to ask a consultant and like show what bear us their financial soul as it were. Yeah. And sometimes it would be really hard and both that we would pass Claire and I would pass the paperwork back and forth and we would just sometimes have to like tell them something that they didn't want to hear, which was you need to walk away. Yeah. You are not, here are all the things that you could do. And from our experience, here's how they will probably play out. And the healthiest thing for you to do mentally, financially, in every other way is to just walk away with nothing because it's better than being stuck and owing. Mm -hmm. And it's something you need to keep in mind before you even get into a partnership. You need to have it in your head very firmly that I might have to walk away from this having lost everything I've put into it and be okay with that. Yep. It's not ideal, but business isn't ideal. It it never really is, right? Um, it's a risk. Business is a risk. Especially That's why so many people fail, you know? Yeah. And it's people also fail a lot because they don't want to take the risk. Mm-hmm. We live in a capital capitalistic society. Um, so if you're not growing in business, however slightly you're dying here. And yep. so many people, I wrote, a, I wrote an essay years ago called um, The Perfectionists and the Dreamers, the Murderers of the Margin. <laughs> yep. And um, that was kind of the number one type of client that we would work with were people who either had dreams so big and grand that they couldn't see through them enough to um, start at ground level and, yeah. and build up to it. And so they'd blow all of their money on things that wouldn't generate the profit they needed to actually achieve their vision. Yep. And then there were um, perfectionists, and I am absolutely guilty of this, which is why Claire is a wonderful partner for me, where I 
want everything to be absolutely perfect. And so I sit in my anxiety before ever making, <laughs> making something really and happen. plan out 20 years in the future and That's every right. single detail before pulling and, the trigger. <laughs> and then how do plans work? Well, they don't, right? <laughs> so yeah. I would have a really detailed plan and we would go very deeply into the plan and nothing would go wrong. And then something wouldn't be what I planned and I'd freak the fuck out. And I'd be like, what? Yeah. Th- this wasn't, sp- I planned. This was not, <laughs> wasn't, this was not supposed to happen this way. How do you guys think I dealt with 2020? <laughs> <laughs> It's been a ride. <laughs> Woo! I actually love that t-shirt you sent me. <laughs> the, what is it? Smells like crushed spirit. Um, yeah, it's in the font. It's in the Nirvana font. So black t-shirt <laughs> with yellow writing. And it just sells, says, um, smells like, smells like broken spirit. There it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's the shirt that I want to wear every day for the rest of the year. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you, you know, you, business is a risk. Business is personal. You're never going to be 100% safe. You're never going to be guaranteed that you're not going to be fired. There's no such thing as, secu- as a secure job. These are your daily affirmations, my friends, <laughs> from the Experience Podcast. Well, and that's kind of why we're trying to outline things in these episodes, toxic work environments, uh, things to look out for in partnerships. These are things that are red flags that will fly up along the way. And hopefully if you've been listening, you can recognize it and be like, okay, this is something that while I want to do it, I need to reassess how I'm getting there because it's not going in the way that it should be. Um, well, I want to end this on kind of a, a funny note because I did, I did go into a bunch of um, research on the internet with this to kind of try and organize my thoughts and uh, <laughs> and and give a good outline, darn it. And <laughs> in my research, I it, it went into like bad partnerships and corporations that had bad partnerships. Like the the one that we all remember is U two and Apple. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> that sank U two, and I hated Apple for like I think everyone did for a good three months until they were able to delete everything off of their iPods. Um, yeah, did you but, hear that uh, they're sneaking their new album into every dose of the COVID vaccine now? <laughs> I love it. Um, so, uh, and on, and as I dove deeper into bad partnerships, I got into the food side of things, um, because everything circles around a hospitality for me. And I found that Red Lobster has partnered with Mountain Dew to create a Dugarita. <laughs> <laughs> and at first off, like the name sounds really gross, but like Mountain Dew margarita that you can only get at Red Lobster. <laughs> Which, if I'm being honest, like eating their their um, weird lobster roll things, the biscuits, um, and drinking a margarita doesn't sound bad. The Cheddar Bay biscuits that fell from heaven. <laughs> Are you insulting yes. Cheddar Bay biscuits? No. What I'm saying is I could see myself eating a, a fucking pile of those and drinking a margarita, but not a dugarita. That just sounds like the saddest short story uh, at the bar that night. A dugarita um, sounds like a sex move from Urban Dictionary. Ew. It's like, dude, I totally gave her the dugarita. Which, okay, can we talk Urban Dictionary for a minute? Because, like, when you were here, Matt... (laughs) Matt said a term that neither of us knew. (laughs) And we... 
I'm still laughing about it. So, uh, Poseidon's kiss. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to make it into the podcast, but uh, I can't remember what we were even talking about. Why this came up. Uh, terms for when you're vomiting or like bathroom terms. One of them was, um, driving the bus and changing gears when you're throwing up. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause you're like hugging the toilet and then you reach up to flush. Yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and Matt's like, or what about Poseidon's kiss? And we're like, wait, what? What the fuck is that? <laughs> He's like, when you take a shit so big that it plops down and the water hits your butt. It's a Poseidon's <laughs> kiss. <laughs> What the fuck, Matt? <laughs> I don't even know you. <laughs> we laughed about that way too hard. I'm still laughing about it. I. Oh, God, that's what okay. I made him. Bringing new content like that into our marriage. Um, well, you know how we can get that new content? We have a Twitter account now. <laughs> I finally gave in. Oh, Jesus. Yes. I finally gave in, and I got us an experienced podcast Twitter. Like, okay, we have said this whole time that we don't like Twitter, and it's mean. Find us on Instagram, and, and we still prefer that. But yeah, so many of our friends are on Twitter, and I have FOMO, so um, I broke down and set up an experienced podcast Twitter account, and... Um, so to find us, you can just Google or not Google fucking, I don't know, search on Twitter, experience a career stories podcast. We should come up, but our at, like our at name, um, no matter what, what I did, <laughs> I couldn't uh, make the right combination of words that was either short enough or available that indicated experience podcast or experience career stories or whatever. So, um, and I, it was really late at night and I got frustrated. So I just typed in three time bareback champ and then hit enter. And that, that, that was it. So, <laughs> and like I just at- want to state that Chelsea sent this to me my time at like <laughs> midnight, three in the morning ish. And I wake up because something woke me up, whatever. And I look so at my phone and I just see, I started a Twitter account. Our at is three times bareback champ. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Do you have any idea who is going to be adding us? (laughs) Our people. (laughs) I mean, it's great marketing, Chelsea. I I don't fault you there. Um, But I just... What is it? It rather be talked about than not? Or any any press is good press? Any publicity is good publicity? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not this. Nobody knows that bareback <laughs> champ is in reference to your rodeo queen episode and not, not more urban dictionary terms. But um, it is, though, because I am. <laughs> Okay, fine. No, I changed it, though, because I I consoled her after she woke up. I was like, don't worry, we can change it. (laughs) So I did. So we're at Claire and Chels, um, if you want to find us on Twitter and provide us with more of your favorite Urban Dictionary slang. Oh, God. Um, I do have a little bit of business to close out this episode with. So are you ready for for a marketing business corner? I'm ready. Go for it. Okay, first first line of business is actually apologizing to our friend Kate. I mentioned her in the 10 signs you're in a toxic work environment w- regarding a um, financial industry job that she had applied for. Um, when I was telling the story, I had said that I had encouraged her to research the company 
um, about uh, what their CEO had said about women and sexism. And um, she contacted me and was like, hey, you didn't tell me to do that. I did that all by myself. And I was like, well, hang on a second. Let me check. And then I checked their Google chats. And I had more than one friend applying for that position. So I had actually told a different friend to research it. So I just want to tell the world that Kate um, researched the position and the asshole and told them to fuck off all by herself because that's the kind of badass that she is. She didn't need my help. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I just want everyone to know that Kate Kate can take care of her own shit. And um, hopefully and she, awesome. will be on, she will be on the podcast soon. Kate is like the um, third cast member of our um, hetero life partnership. Um, we're not like three amigas or anything obnoxious like that, but I do hope that we become really cool old ladies who cuss a lot. Um, I want us to be the golden girl. So, um, you know how, you know how, uh, Spotify did that 2020 wrapped thing for everybody with iOS. You got Uh that really cool, like end of the year review of like how many minutes you listen to what kind of genre and all of those things, um, who you listen to the most, um, Everyone in the world found out that they were a Taylor Swift fan. Hell yeah. And by the way, more albums than uh, stimulus checks this year. Way to go, T-Swift. Way to go, T-Swift. And giving that money to trans people, because who needs a reason to do that? They're rad. Yeah. Um, everyone loves fucking Taylor Swift. She makes you feel things. I don't... I'm not, I'm so, I'm not sorry. I got teased about it, too, on, on my Instagram, where I was like, apparently T-Swift and I became friends this year, and I'm going public about it. But I don't care. You know Make what? Make fun of me. She's awesome. I, I dig her. Everyone has, um, everyone's problematic in some way, but when people try their hardest and do their best, you can honor that and, um, you know, recognize good when you see good. And, you, and what I recognize in Taylor Swift is one hell of an honest businesswoman. Yeah. She's just out there with it. She's just truthful about it. And for me, and I don't know about you, Claire, but like, Having run businesses, seeing how and knowing how and experiencing all the ways you can get screwed, especially, I'm sorry to say it, but it's true, for me at least, especially by men and dishonest men, like, get it, T, you know, yeah. just, I support you, you're, you're doing your thing, you're running your business, you're finding out, finding out these lessons in real time, and I'm a big supporter of it, and I like your music, and it makes me feel things, so... Anyway, yeah. um, so everyone got a 2020 Spotify rap who listens to Spotify and has iOS. Um, but they also do that for creators, too. And they do it for podcasters. So I pulled ours, Claire. Yay. Yeah. And it was shocking. It was shocking. Okay, don't hold out on me. Okay. Because I don't have Spotify now. <laughs> We've had over 2,000 listeners in 10 countries. What? Yeah. Oh my god! I know awesome. ten countries. I can't Our even name ten countries. Has has people. That's awesome. We, you guys are out there. You guys. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Holy shit! We love you too. <laughs> so cool. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I can't believe it. I cannot fucking believe it. I seriously can't. I keep looking at it. I'm like, is this ours? Is this our podcast? <laughs> I thought we knew everybody who listens. I thought, like, I literally thought it was just our family and friends. Like, but no, they're, you guys are strangers, and you're listening. You're not strangers anymore. You know a lot about more about me than I, than I do about you. But yeah. uh, I would like to get to know you. We would like to get to know you. And to do that, you like this segue? I'm really fucking proud of it. I do. To I do. do that. You're, it's like you have a, a, a degree in marketing. <laughs> <clears throat> 
we don't talk about that. Uh, to do that, <laughs> you can go to our website, which is experiencecareerstories at gmail.com. Or no, that, that's, our, that's our email. You can go to our website, which is experiencecareerstories.com. There's two ways. You can just submit a story on the submission form that I put on the main page, or you can like click on the big red button and it'll take you to our anchor page and you can leave a voice recording, which we would love Heck to play. Yeah. Um, really and uh, but Gmail is easier too. If you just want to drop us an email, experiencecareerstories at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter now. If you can search us with at Claire and Chels, that's Claire with an E at the end. Um, other ways, uh, what are other ways that people? Oh, Instagram. Find us on Instagram. Yep. We still post. We still post stuff. It's 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 our hub. It's where we hang out. It's where we're gonna like. It's where we really answer the messages and put up the pictures and the links and interact with most of you. And you can find us at, um, at XP underscore show on Instagram. And I would like to share a story that we had a listener write in and I'm going to have, we're going to, I'm going to do a giveaway with this one. I have a thing to give away. Um, I'm making shit in quarantine, just like everybody else. And one of those things is I'm making little pins, little handmade, um, pins that go on your jacket and things. So I made, I will post a picture of, um, a pin that I'm going to give away to this kind, awesome person who wrote in a pretty funny, (laughs) pretty funny story that I wanted to share and not wait till, um, Sunday service. Okay. Okay. The subject is... The best advice I learned in customer care has its drawbacks sometimes. This comes from Kay, and she wrote she, her. So, Kay. All right. Uh, hey, Claire and Charles. I love this podcast. It's nice to know that the is this really happening moments at work are something that we all experience. Do you see what I did there? You don't have to read this part. <laughs> I just couldn't resist. <laughs> My store manager and I had had a great relationship. When I transferred from my retail store to the company's call center, I asked my boss if he had any advice since he worked there before coming to retail. He said, "Um, I'm going to tell you a trick, but you never heard this from me. Use a sultry tone. The woman I'd sat next to did this, and she never had a customer escalate. Claire's making a scrunchy face. (laughs) He was 100% right. A calming voice uh, works wonders on pissed off people. So here I am, three years later, using my customer service ASMR voice to help me be a dam- to help me be damn good at my job. I have zero tolerance for people hitting on me at work. The moment someone calls me sweetheart or baby, I feel entitled to do the bare minimum and finish the call as fast as possible. I don't care how well we get along before you start flirting. The moment that caller oversteps my boundary, I am over it. The story I have for you today is about a call that I thought went perfectly. The guy was really cool, and we spent two hours fixing up his account. He needed to talk with another department, but insisted I follow up personally. I didn't think anything of it at first. A customer with an ongoing account issues will latch on to someone when they feel like they finally found a rep who knows what they're doing. Haven't we all been there? Haven't we all been there? Yeah. I like Susan yeah. at Verizon. Or Thank you, Susan if there's- at Verizon. Any results at all? Yeah, it's I like mean, you're my you, best friend. <laughs> yeah, if you finally reach a human with those huge, I don't know, like cell phone or cable companies or whatever, and they sound like they care, like in your heart, you know that they don't, but you still want to feel like there's hope. Um, <clears throat> so I get it. I get it. Okay, where were we at with Kay? Um, 
yeah, they will latch on and feel like they finally found a rep who knows what they're doing. At the end of the call, he said, I can't wait to hear your voice again on Saturday. And I said, yeah, likewise. I hope you had a good week, a.k.a. generic goodbye I use on many calls. (laughs) Then he put the phone down without hanging up and said to the person next to him, wow, that woman has the most beautiful voice. I hung up horrified as all the place as all the pieces clicked together. He was at the dog park, and I thought he was calling his dog baby the entire time, and me being completely unaware as Mabel moans in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Mabel's like, I'm your baby. <laughs> <laughs> and me being completely unaware responded warmly because I thought it was so sweet how much he loved his dog. Oh god. I realized that from his perspective, I was flirting back. Oh, no. <laughs> I hope he misses the call back on Saturday because I am not ready for this interaction. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> thank you for writing in. That's so pure and so, like, oh, God, I feel for you. Oh, my goodness, Kay. I've never been in a call center. I've never been in that kind of situation. Having a podcast is actually the very first time I've ever heard from people that my voice is nice or calming or however they want calming is one thing that I hear consistently which is how I've never thought of my voice but if you find (laughs) it calming thank you yeah (laughs) my husband would like to disagree (laughs) all right Kay well thank you for sharing the story uh if you guys have stories like this, if you work in a call center and you want to share your call center trick, shout us shout at us on Twitter now at Clarence Health or, you know, write in any of the ways that I shared. But for this wonderful story, and because I have it available, I'm going to give you a little pin and we're gonna post it on our Instagram. Get a hold of me again and give me your information if you feel safe doing so. And I will send you a little speech bubble that I made with the word fuck on it. <laughs> In honor of Claire's mom, Lisa. Lisa, I'm sorry. (laughs) I love you, and I hope you realize that on this episode, I tried not to say it at all, and I'm doing my best for you, but it has to come out somewhere, and so it's going in the form of a handmade pin to our listener, Kay. I love it. Well, on that note, I I just had a really good time recording with you today, and um, I'm sorry we've been on a little bit of a break, but we're back at it. And I'm excited to do some more episodes and highlight some more topics. And any suggestions are greatly appreciated. Yes, suggestions are appreciated. Questions are appreciated. And after seeing our 2020 wrapped stats and knowing that many of you are out there and you are enjoying this, um, my uh, confidence and excitement for this show has been renewed. And we have some very exciting, like, and I mean it, real exciting things and guests coming up in 2021. Like, seeing those stats, I was like, holy shit, we actually need to get serious about this and do stuff. So we're having, like, fucking giveaways. we got a fucking Twitter account. We're doing it. We're doing the thing. <laughs> we're making it happen. We're making it happen. And please, 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 please. Uh, share and review this podcast. Share it with your friends. Word of yes, mouth please. is number one. If you have a friend that's like, I listen to this thing and I like it, they'll probably listen to it too. I've had people recommend podcasts to me and I'm really glad they did. And I'm making a lot of friends in this world and I'm feeling less alone. And I certainly hope that all of you out there listening feel less alone too. So yeah. with that, we're going to have to let you go without any severance, but I hope to fucking see you next week. Hell yes. Bye, Chels. Bye, Claire.